It's good to be back in action. I had a couple of weeks off, which was good. And uh, for our summer getaway this year, our first week, we uh, got away to a, a spot called Radium Hot Springs, not to be confused with Radiator Springs. <laughs> and we met some dear friends of ours from Edmonton, and uh, we met there. And Radium, Radium Hot Springs, has anybody ever been there before? Okay, a few of you. So it's, it's in the um, East Kootenai Provincial Park, and, uh, and it's kind of the spot where you go just to kind of do other excursions elsewhere. It's a very small town. So that's what we did. We did a few little excursions to other places. We went to the Radium um, Hot Springs Pool, which was a lot of fun, very hot, but, but it was good. Um, we went down to Fort Steele, which was a heritage park just south, about an hour and a half. Uh, a lot of fun there. And we went to the exciting town of Invermere, which is exciting because it's home of the Kicking Horse Coffee Company. And it's amazing. I posted all kinds of inter- interesting pictures on Facebook. Bighorn sheep and waterfalls and mountains. And the one thing I got the most comments about was, oh, you went to the Kicking Horse Coffee Company. That is awesome. And it was. It was really, really good. Um, it did kind of, you know, take over the trip a little bit. And Kate's becoming a coffee drinker now. So there is hope. There is hope, church. We saw lots of bighorn sheep, however, and uh, we saw all the beautiful views, of course, the rivers and the lakes and the rolling hills and the mountains. But to be perfectly honest, I was a little disappointed with the mountains because they don't compare with the mountains you see when you go through Jasper on your way to Edmonton. And three years ago, we did that trip. We took a road trip to Edmonton back in 2015, and I hadn't been through those mountains since 1996 on our choir trip, our grade 11, 12 choir trip. You remember that, Rachel? Wade in the water. Anyway, okay. So, And I'd forgotten how big those mountains are. And it's funny, Mount Robson kind of just jumps out at you. You're driving along and all of a sudden it's just there. And it overwhelmed me. I I felt it in my chest. The, 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 oh, of seeing something so magnificent caught me. And its presence shouts at you. And what it shouted to me was the greatness of God. Creation does that, doesn't it? It shouts to us the greatness of God. Thunderstorms do the same thing for me. I miss, the only thing I miss about Ontario is the thunderstorms. Loved the thunderstorms in Ontario. Carol's saying yes, right on. Interior BC as well. All right, amen. But the older I get, I find I'm not so much in awe of the storms anymore as I am in awe of God. God does not inhabit creation. He does, we don't find him within it. He's not in the mountains. He's not in the lightning. But they certainly bear his signature. He is greater than the mountains and greater than the storm. And it provides us with a sense of just how greater, stronger, and powerful God is than any force on heaven or on earth. And that includes the devil. Because when I look at Mount Robson, I think the devil could not come up with something like that. He couldn't conceive of something like that. The devil can only distort the good things that God creates. Compared to all the things that shout out how great and awesome God is, the devil can only whisper. And our reading this morning, Psalm 29, is a psalm that shouts 
and it cries and it loudly speaks of God's power and strength. One of my favorite psalms, Psalm 29, is a song that exalts and proclaims the God of glory. And while we know that God is not in the storm, the psalmist poetically describes God as a storm manifested through his voice. This is the God of glory, who with all in heaven we join and say, glory. So I want to invite you actually to stand up for the reading, and Joan's just going to come and do that for us now. Thanks, Joan. Let's put it right through. It's okay. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord, Glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a wild young ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Seven times in this psalm, we hear the phrase, the voice of the Lord. The voice that shouts over raging waters. The voice that displays great strength. And shakes the mountains, the voice of a God who gives strength and peace to his people. And the voice that brings all in heaven and earth together to shout glory. The enemy whispers, but our God of glory shouts down those whispers. And we need to be reminded and continually come to know this voice that speaks clearly, no matter what season or stage we are in, whether we have followed Christ for years or only for days. We need to hear and know this voice, to listen to and obey it. For while the psalm itself is addressed to the heavenly beings, to the angels, it is nonetheless God's word to you and to me. Encouraging and reminding us of the God whose voice rings clear, whose voice speaks of God's strength, and directs us to worship the one who reigns over all things with strength and peace. So the voice of the Lord rings clear. God shouts. The devil whispers. Okay, God doesn't always shout in the sense that it's the only way that he speaks. But what I'm saying is that God's voice rings clear. There is nothing secretive but what God speaks. There is nothing to hide. God never speaks, us, speaks to us anything that we need to hold on to because it's shameful. What God speaks will always bring freedom. And what God speaks will always break fear. 
what God speaks is always designed to ultimately bring us closer to him and to each other. What God speaks heals the broken and redeems the lost. These truths ring clear and shout to us in a world that whispers otherwise. In our psalm, the forces of the world are no match against the voice of the Lord. But this psalm is not God versus the mountains or the trees or the waters. It is God versus the false gods that were thought to live within them. The mighty waters were said to be the realm of Yam, the Canaanite god of the sea and chaos. And Baal was the god of fertility, but also thunder. And Mount Lebanon and Sirion were understood to be these these great places where gods dwell. And yet the voice of the Lord, the God of the Israelites, thunders over the waters and shakes the mountains. Over all the forces of heaven and earth, the voice of the Lord breaks and flashes fire and shakes and whirls over them and strips them bare. And in the end, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, over the chaos. And the psalm speaks very clearly that there is no contest. And in comparison to all of that, all the devil can do is whisper. Now, I think the devil rarely hides behind the corner waiting to yell, boo, and scare us. I think he's kind of smooth and slick, and he just kind of comes alongside us all of a sudden and starts talking, whispering. Hey, did you know? And when he does that, what are some of the things that we hear? I think there will always be a degree of truth, but not the whole truth when the devil does that. So what I've experienced is he will come alongside and say, Daniel, did you know that you did this? Did you know that you said this? Did you know that you thought this? And it will go on to bring me down in shame. But it's never the whole story. And I can say, yes, sometimes the most powerful thing we can do with the enemy and his lies is just agree and say, yeah, there's a bit of truth to that, but that's not the whole story. You see, I've repented for these things. The Lord has brought me down to my knees in order to lift me up again out of grace because he is my savior. That kind of stuff shuts the devil right up. The devil's whispers cause us to be puffed up, making us feel like we don't need God or that he serves us rather than us serving him. Or the whispers of the devil cause us to be brought down low and we think God could never forgive me. God could never forgive me for this. He will never let this go. He will always hold this over my head. Do any of these things sound familiar to any of us? I battle these whispers every week. The devil is not powerful, but he is certainly persistent. His whispers are what we read in the Bible, the flaming arrows of the evil one. He doesn't use a bazooka. He's a sniper. The goal of his whispers is division instead of community. Where the voice of the Lord brings healing and where the voice of the Lord brings us together, the devil seeks to divide. He wants us divided from God. He wants us divided from each other and from ourselves. Divided from our friends and our neighbors and our spouses and our kids. Divided from each other in this very congregation. Divided in our leadership. 
That's what he's going for. The devil's whispers are all about creating division, but in contrast, our psalm this morning gives a call for a communal gathering to proclaim over the Lord glory and strength, the glory of his name, Yahweh, in worship together, and in his temple all say glory. And I am so glad that you are here, church. I'm so glad you are here this morning. Some of you defied the whispers of the devil to be here this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May you hear the voice of the Lord this morning and gather strength from it. So the voice of the Lord rings clear. And the voice of the Lord speaks of God's strength. And that's good because when we are weak, he is strong. So there's a a slogan that's been going around on social media. Sometimes it comes with a background picture of a lion. Other times there's been pictures of a, a raging sea. And the slogan is this. The devil whispered in my ear, you cannot withstand the storm. Today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. I love the sound of this, and I read it, and I think, oh, I like that. I want to yell from the top of that mountain. I want to say to the enemy, oh, I can't withstand the storm. I am the storm. Probably wrestle up my best like Sylvester Stallone. I am the storm kind of thing and just really give it to him, you know. But I know myself. See, I can imagine myself standing on top of a mountain, And I like to think there's like thunder and lightning and there's rain whipping all around me. And and this is what it would be like. I'd be standing there and I could imagine this guttural cry of of passion just rises up in my throat. And I turn to the enemy with everything that I got. I go, (gasps) (laughs) that is how I see myself. At least that's how I see myself, were I to answer on my own. I know how hard it is on my own to counter against, to deny, or defend myself from what the enemy is whispering in my ear. I am not a storm. By myself, I'm kind of petty, weak. I'm very self-centered. Here is where I trust what the Psalms speak regarding God as my rock and my shield, my defender, my fortress, my comforter. And in the case of Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is the storm that shouts down those mighty waters, the massive trees, the towering mountains, these things that represent the forces that would dare to come up against God. And likewise, the voice of the Lord shouts down any whispers that the enemy would try to place in my heart, in my mind. Through God's voice, I am told, no, don't pay attention to that. I am your rock and shield, your fortress and your deliverer, your comforter. And in the end, as our psalm this morning shows us, we say glory and we worship the one who sits enthroned above the chaos, above the flood, and he gives us his strength and his peace. More than once, I've had the pleasure of seeing an eagle sitting in her nest at the top of a great tree looking regal and majestic as only eagles can. 
while a whole mess of seagulls are flying around her, screeching at the top of their voices, attempting to intimidate her. She doesn't move. She doesn't have to. She's enthroned on her nest, very much in control. Anyone else ever witnessed that? This is what I think of in the last few verses of Psalm 29. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. Below our king, the mighty waters thrash and the thunder rolls. But God is enthroned over it all. He is above it all. And while this psalm is very cosmic in the sense that so much of it appears to be set in the heavenly realms of dealing with heavenly creatures, let us remember that while God is enthroned over the chaos, he is never removed from it. Rather, he steps down into it. Our Savior, Jesus, is called the Good Shepherd. And like the voice that shouts against the whispers of the enemy, our Good Shepherd protects us and makes himself known to his sheep. Hear his very words from the Gospel of John. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and his sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and when he has brought them out all his own, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Like his heavenly Father, the voice of our Savior Jesus is powerful. And majestic. And when I read this psalm, I think of what I've seen and what I've read Jesus, what I've read Jesus doing in the Gospels. He too speaks over the raging waters. Peace, be still. And he calms the sea. He too strips the trees bare like in the cursing of the fig tree. And he too shakes the earth. Remember the story when the, the soldiers... And the police are coming to to arrest Jesus in the Gospel of John. He asks, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he replies, I am he. And the soldiers fall down. His voice shakes. The king who is enthroned over the flood steps down into it through his son, Jesus. And by doing so, indeed grants his strength and peace to his people. Know the voice of the Lord through it, church, through his son. Listen for it, hear it, obey it. Almost every verse attached to the voice of the Lord, to that, to that statement is in the context of listening to and obeying it. The voice that we heed and give worship to is the voice that through grace gives us his strength and peace, strength when we are weak, and a peace that is with us even through the storms. That's the true peace of God. It's never the absence of, of hardship, but it's peace through it. The voice of the Lord is one that rings clear, 
that speaks of God's strength and directs us to worship the one who reigns over all things with strength and peace. And so now it's time to give you your homework. JR's not the only one that can give out homework, you guys. I used to give out homework, actually, a while back. I hope you enjoyed playing this past week. That was your homework from JR. You had to play. I hope you played well. Here's an assignment for this week, and I think this is important, so listen up. Make a list on a piece of paper all of the whispers you have been hearing the devil speak to you. Make a list on a piece of paper all of the whispers that he's been coming alongside you and saying, hey, Maybe it's something about yourself. Maybe it's something about others. Maybe it's something that stirs up a great anxiety or fear, whether it's one or two or whether it's one or two dozen. Write them down. And then I want you to get the biggest Sharpie or the biggest marker or the biggest paintbrush that you can find, anything that shouts Psalm 29, verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. And you write that over your list in big letters. And then maybe share one or two of those whispers with someone you trust. And pray together that the voice of the Lord will be the voice that is heard. There's your homework. Any competent shepherd watches over his sheep, stays in their presence to protect and keep them, how much more our good shepherd, Jesus. I wonder if we could only understand just how much the presence of Jesus is here with us and in us and surrounding us, just how much comfort that could give. And what opportunity to know his voice through the scriptures, through the preaching of his word, through the prayers that we speak and the songs that we sing, And being in the presence of so many that do likewise, learning the voice of the Lord. It is a voice that shouts God's truth, ringing clear and drowning out the whispers of our enemy. It is a voice that speaks of who we are in Christ, weak by ourselves, but so very strong in his presence. And it is a voice that proclaims strength and peace in a world that at times, perhaps often, holds so little of both. Yet no matter how often the enemy whispers to us, you can't withstand the storm, we answer back, whatever the storm is, it is nothing compared to the one who sits enthroned over it. Our Savior, Jesus, who grants us his strength and his peace. Amen? Worship team, come on back up for a moment here. Now, there's something amazing about the idea. As I wrap up, I just want to share. There's something amazing about the idea that when we worship the Lord, we do not do so by ourselves. I believe this very strongly. We are joining in with all of heaven and earth. We are joining in with the angels that are surrounding the throne room of God, singing his praise. And together we say glory. I came across a quote this week that says, the worship of God has its greatest momentum when God's creatures in heaven and on earth join together to praise him. 
And we are going to do that now. So even at this moment, if you're having difficulty with the whispers of the enemy, I want to invite you to stand up. Let's stand together. Stand up. And as the worship team leads us, we will praise God together with all that God has made. And we will cry glory together. And we will, with assurance of victory in Christ, proclaim that all the powers of darkness do indeed shudder at the sound of our God of glory being glorified. Amen? Amen. Let's do it.